Today's bread's not, yesterday's bread's not for today. This morning's bread's not for tonight. God wants to take you, nudge that person like you did this morning. I'm, 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 y'all are going to leave bruised before I get out of town. <laughs> but I've served notice on the devil. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna run the devil out of, out of southern Oregon up in here in the next few days. Come on. We're going to do some damage to his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Well, before I get kick-started off, we got a special treat for you tonight. Some of my greatest friends, and it's happened in a short period of time, because when the Holy Spirit makes a connection, there's nothing like it. Amen? And Holy Spirit just organically connected us with Robert and Jamie with Banners for Freedom. And I want both of them to come up, if you will. They've got their boys with us. But I want them to come up and give a quick testimony tonight. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the what? Amen. So, yes, we were able and privileged and honored to be able to, to launch the Remnant Revolution tour uh, from our tent in Texas. I told you that we're a tent church. We're not a church as usual. We're really a church as unusual <laughs> as you can get. We do Saturday Night Live, and Holy Spirit said, have revival till he comes. And, and we met in an organic way at Come Out in Jesus' Name. How many of you guys have heard of the movie, Come Out in Jesus' Name? Yes, we were in a Sherman, we were in a, in a theater, a packed house, they had a two-night premiere, and about a year and a half before this night, me and my wife were watching Brighty on TV. How many of you guys have ever heard of Mike Adams, Brighty on TV? If you haven't heard, heard, heard of him, you need to look him up, he's awesome, um, and uh, we don't need to be watching fake news. All the stuff that's just on CNN and Fox, Fox is woke, come on somebody, they're woke. Don't be, yeah, it's television programming. Don't be programmed by, by the fake news. Get in and get the truth. Amen? Get the truth. And all you're getting, get understanding. Get wisdom. Get the truth, especially for the days we're living in. But we were watching Mike Adams, Brighty on TV, and I was hearing the testimony of Robert and Jamie, and my wife said, babe, you got to come in and hear this couple Reminds me of us and what God's doing in us. And they just lived 20, 25 minutes in Bonham, Texas, away from us. And I began to, to listen to their testimony, and I began to weep. And I said, God's going to connect us with that couple. Little did I know, at come out in Jesus' name in Sherman, Texas, I look up, and this brother wearing a cowboy hat. Normally, I'm the only one wearing a cowboy hat. That night, I was wearing a ball cap. I just got in from work and uh, rushed to the movie because the Holy Spirit showed me a few weeks before this movie premiered, that people would be manifesting and spitting up and throwing up <laughs> demons right in their popcorn buckets. So I called my friend, Pastor Greg Locke, and I said, let me just share a vision with you of what God is going to do. And I want you to know, within about a week later, Fathom called him up and said, you know what, brother, we're going to give you about 20 minutes, because this wasn't a full-blown movie, it was a docu-movie, and gave him 20 minutes to do live deliverance and over 2,300 theaters in one night. And I want you to know, across America, Holy Spirit showed up and showed off. Showed up and showed off. You know, we kicked him out of the church, so he has to go to a movie theater. <laughs> the, the woke church has, has kicked him out, so he had to go to a movie theater to show his power. And this, this generation truly wants to see the power of God demonstrated. I look up, and this brother is videoing me, and it was a beautiful deliverance, just whacked the room everywhere. I look up, and he's videoing me, and a couple minutes later, he's right beside me, and we're doing deliverance, and, and it was beautiful. In a, in a public theater, we got kicked out of there after about two, two and a half hours of full-blown deliverance. Ended up in the foyer. God brought it out in the foyer, and little did we know that Jamie, my, 
uh, was was doing deliverance with my wife Suzanne and and uh, for on the other side of the theater for a little while and we were up where the lights are on because when you get into a situation like that it's like it's like it's like the Battle of Normandy Beach I mean it was just on I didn't have time to say hi Mr I'm Rod Parker good to meet you or anything no we we just launched into this together and then we're out in the foyer and uh, my wife said honey it's that couple and I'm talking to another person I go what couple. Are you talking about that, those, that couple we saw on Brighty on TV? And I'm like, oh, my God, it, it is. So Holy Spirit just connected us in an organic way for such a time as this. How many remnant people do we have up in this house tonight? Come on, let's give, let's, let's give a welcome, a vineyard welcome tonight to Robert Agee with the Banners for Freedom and the Remnant Revolution Tour. Robert, just give us a testimony. I asked my brother to give a little testimony tonight of just what God's been doing. God's using this couple in a mighty way. And I want you to put them on your prayer list. I know this is a praying church. I want you to hold them up. I want you to continue to lift them up. And uh, I want my brother to give a little testimony about how God's been using them since the launch. And what uh, he's going to take a few minutes and just share a little testimony with you tonight. Make him welcome. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> Tell them the truth, though. You started wearing the cowboy hat because I was wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> that was an amazing moment. I've never been involved in deliverance before. So being in that theater and it breaking out, I was like, what do you do? You know, you, you can't just sit there. You got to do something. I was like, babe, give me your anointing oil. I figured that would, you know, I was like, hey, I, I got I to gotta equip myself with something, right? And I realized I just got to get in there and pray for them, right? It's by, by, by our faith. You know, when you... Oh, boy, you gave me the mic. What time is it? 6.57. Okay, pastor said I had 13 seconds. Can I have 15, pastor? Where are you at? <laughs> By the way, did you know the Smoky Mountains stretch all the way over to Oregon? I didn't. I'm from Texas. I drove in. I'm like, oh, still in the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> yeah. right, is it like that all the time out here? <laughs> My goodness. We just came from Redmond. Sisters. I've ever been to Sisters. Got the Sister Mountains up there. Finally saw them today when I was leaving. Been there for four days. Haven't seen them. And, and boom, there they are as we're driving out. I'm like, well, those are beautiful. <sighs> wow, it's been a journey. Been a journey. And it's amazing. God is so good. Can I, can I brag on him for a minute? That's all I, that's all I can do. It's nothing I've done. It, it's, it's all him. I'll just, uh, I'll just share a little testimony real quick and kind of get you up to speed on, on how, why I'm standing here today. I shouldn't be standing here today. Uh, we, my wife and I were pretty, pretty mixed up in the world. We've been involved in all sorts of different things we shouldn't have been involved in. And, uh, you know, I, I loved eschatology, a study of end-time prophecy, but I shared it alone. Nobody else wanted anything to do with it. She definitely didn't want anything to do with it. And I drug her kicking and screaming one day to an end-time prophecy Bible study. And we didn't go to church. We weren't in Bible studies. That was not our thing. I was too proud to be a part of anything like that. But I knew I needed to do something. I needed to get around other like-minded people because our relationship was on the rocks. And uh, I knew the Lord was going to be coming back, and I got to get straight somehow. So maybe if I get around some other like-minded people. Well, I had to convince her uh, to come with me that night. And I told her as long as she brings her whiskey and Coke, you know, she'd be okay. That's who we were, right? I mean, that's, that's just how we rolled. And uh, wasn't one delivered from that yet. But as we were sitting there in that, in that Bible study, and she's seeing the visuals on the screen, she goes, oh, so that's Daniel's dream. Oh, 
That's a seven. See, I, apparently I didn't explain it good enough. She had to see the visual. Irvin Baxter had to tell her. So she was like, oh, you know what? This is kind of interesting. I'm not sure about the people, but hey, we'll come back next week and I'll learn some more about this. So we left the whiskey and coke at home and we, uh, we showed up to our next Bible study. Well, that went on for about, uh, I don't know, eight weeks or so. And then they played the Salvation Series. I was not expecting that. I was there for end time prophecy. I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to get preached at any of that. They started, you know, they, they played this, this lesson, what does it mean to be born again? Like, huh? Okay. All right. You know, I've heard of born again. I know about born again. I thought I did. Uh, true Christianity versus false Christianity. Did you know there's a true and a false Christianity? I don't, I don't know. Uh, understand the Godhead. Like Godhead. Head. Does he have, how many heads has he got? What, 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 what are you understanding here? Uh, tongues. Devilish or divine? I was like, oh, what are we getting into here? What are we doing? <laughs> well, through, through watching all that, I soon realized that I had no idea about salvation. I, you know, I, I, grew up, I grew up in a church of Christ. I don't know if you all are familiar with Church of Christ, but it's more like a funeral service, right? You know, you don't have any of this going on. There's no move of the Spirit. You just come very quietly. You read some hymns, and then you leave, and you do a potluck. So I... Uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know about, them, about, about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, right? I didn't know about the proper mode of baptism, as they do in the book of Acts. So I was like, you know what? I want to get re-baptized. I want to receive the name of Jesus at baptism. I feel, like, I feel like I'm supposed to do that. And my wife had never been baptized. So we walked across the street one day to the Pentecostal church. And the Bible study was in the annex building. We walk in there, and there was people raising their hands. I was like, what is going on in here? Raising your hands in church. Sit down. What are you doing? Right? You know, there's guys up here playing the guitar, you know. Rod's over there stomping around. No, it wasn't Rod, but it was a guy like Rod. Getting all excited. And it didn't make any sense to us. Someone's over there speaking in tongues. Like, what is up with this, right? And for, for, I mean, for a minute there, I was like, these, these people have lost their minds. Uh, this has got to be fake. It's got to be all show. You know, waving flags, you know. What are they, what are they doing? We walked out. My wife and I said, nope, this ain't for us. We were at the wrong place. But the Lord kept saying, hey, I thought you were going to receive my name. Mm. We kind of had a thing going here. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I called the pastor. I said, hey, pastor, uh, we don't belong with, in your church, with your congregation, but we know how you baptize, and we would like to maybe, maybe sneak us in next Wednesday, <laughs> like through the back door, and baptize us, and then we'll be on our way. And he agreed. And we did. We snuck in the back door of this church. I mean, I was so proud. I, I had a little bit of a pride issue. And I was like, no, nope, no, nope, we're just going to sneak in the back. And uh, we got into the stairwell up to the baptismal. And before we could even get to the baptismal, we stopped and we all prayed. And the Holy Spirit fell on my wife and I. And there were all of us that were praying there. And I, I mean, we were, we were crying. I don't, we don't cry, right? You're going to catch me crying. We were crying. I was like, what's going on? All right, trembling and like, okay, uh, something, something big is about to take place. We get up in that baptismal, and then I, I look out, and there's all those crazy people. I was like, oh, no. Okay, all right. Uh, I didn't sign up for this. Okay, okay. stay focused, stay focused. So J Jamie, uh, we're all inside the baptismal game. She goes down first in the name of Jesus. She comes up, and she throws her hands up. I've never seen her do that. And I'm like, what's going on here? And then she just starts magnifying God. And she's just praising him. And the next thing I know, I don't know the words coming out of her mouth. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Okay, stay focused, stay focused, all right? 
You know, just, just dunk me, I'm going to be out of here. Boom, I go down in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Speaking in a heavenly language, and I looked out to all those crazy people, and I said, oh, that is why you were raised. Because you can't help but to raise your hands and praise God when you get filled with his spirit. Clap, jump a little bit, Pastor. Right, shout, wave a flag. Those scales came off because, see, God uses the foolish things to confound or shame the wise. And I walked in there all wise, like, mm-mm, no, that's foolishness. Well, uh, that is what started an amazing journey for my wife and I. I was healed from anxiety. I, had real, I, couldn't, I couldn't speak. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't talk to others. Stu- real bad stuttering problem. Had to take a bunch of anxiety medicine. When I came up out of that water, it was gone. Never had to take anxiety medicine again. Delivered me from that. Delivered us from substance abuse and so many other things. Healed our relationship. And then uh, our, our, our journey went on. And I'll just, uh, I'll just bring up the speed real quick. Banners for Freedom, you know, that, this is all God. We were just going to put up one billboard to wake up our community. You know, when this whole pandemic started and, you know, they were coming after the children. And my wife came here like, let's put up a billboard. I'm like, you crazy? We're not billboard people. Like, wait, wait, how do we do put up a billboard? She goes, you know how to do graphic design. I already contacted them. I already know how much it is. It's about the mountain of your tithe, and you haven't tithed, so we're going to do this. Like, you know what? They're, they're coming. She reminded me to come after the children. I was like, you know what they are? It's right across the street from the high school. Let's put this up right Yeah, That's a good idea. So we just put the numbers up. How many people have been injured by the jab? So people can be informed because they're just not informed. Right? We're not telling people what to do. We're just like, this is the VARS off of Health and Human Services. 800,000 injuries from the jab have been reported as of November 2021. So that they can just think twice, you know, before they take their children to go participate in this. So that was it. Last thing I know, I'm doing an interview with Clay Clark that day. And then that gets put on the And We Know show. And now we've got 33. $5,000 in our Give, Send, Go account that we had set up just to collect some, some donations from our, uh, the locals and found out what we were doing. We had like 200 bucks, right? And we're like, what, what is going on? And Stu Peters calls, and he wants to do an interview. And then Clay Clark calls back. He goes, hey, you want to come to our conference? I'll comp your ticket. And so I go down to San Antonio, and we're, we're like, what do we do? And he's like, set up a booth. I'll give you a free booth. I'm like, okay. And so we print out a banner, and we're like standing there, and we're like, okay, so what are we going to do tomorrow? We're going to just, I guess, tell people, hey, sign up here. You want to help us raise a banner? I don't know. We're not billboard people. And Clay comes by and goes, hey, I want you to tell everybody what you're doing. I'm like, I'm good. I plan on it. I'm all set up. Here's my banner and my sign-up sheet. He goes, no, up on the platform tomorrow. I was like, Clay, hell no, 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 no. There's like 3,000 people out there. I don't even know what I'm doing. He goes, pray about it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to definitely pray about that. So we went back to the BNB that night, and uh, I said, Lord, what, what, what am I doing down? I mean, I was born and raised in San Antonio. We lived in Dallas, right outside of Dallas, Texas. Born and raised in San Antonio, right across the street from the Alamo, and it was kind of surreal to be, be back there. And I'm like, why, why am I down here? Why do I have $50,000 in my account? I mean, this is all in the first, like, week and a half of putting up this first billboard, this one. And... I was like, why do I have this opportunity to speak in front of 3,000 people? What do you want me to say? And then he just started speaking to me. I started writing. I mean, first I put my pen and paper down. I'm like, okay, you write it, you know, and I just waited. <laughs> Nothing happened. I was like, okay, well, um, so I, I started writing. I'm, I'm not a writer, but he had a message. He's like, I want, you to, I want you to remind them like David had to go remind Saul's army because they forgot who they served. 
and they were afraid to go up against these giants. Like, who are these uncircumcised Philistines that they should defy the army of the living God, right? It's like, you know, before we're the army of Trump or before we're the army of the United States or our, our groups and associations, we're first the army of the Lord. If he's for us, who can be against us? We need to go up against these giants without the fear of what could happen. Well, apparently that resonated. Folks just started coming to the front. We ended up raising $100,000 that day. It was crazy. Uh, there's a whole story behind it, but the next thing we know, we're putting up billboards all across the nation, right? Hundreds of billboards in Times Square. That's a whole other crazy testimony. And I had to make a decision. It was like either I, I'm a general, I was a general contractor, right? I had my own general contracting business. My wife helped with that and stay-at-home mom. And uh, I was like, I'm going to either do that or I'm going to put up billboards. It's one or the other. And I know the Lord's called me to this, but I've got to walk away from that. And I've got to trust in him now. Like, that's a poof. But... When you know he calls you to something, I mean, he's going to equip those who he calls, right? You know? So do, 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 do I believe it or not? I'm like, okay, I believe it. So we did. And he's, he set us on a, a continual journey and new assignments, like recovenanting this nation back to God. Like, how, how, how do we get involved in that? Rod was there with us. It was an amazing moment out in Virginia Beach. If you go to remnantrevolutiontour.com, uh, on there, you'll see first landing. Click on that and go to the first landing site. It was, it was crazy. I mean, Glenn Beck ended up flying out in his private jet, right? You know, David Barton, the Founders Bible, showed up. William Federer, Father James Altman, um, I mean, uh, Michelle Bachman. It, it, was, it was amazing. We recovenanted this nation back to God. And then he's like, what about the tour? I'm like, I don't know the tour. No, no, no. You know, there was, a, there was a, a prophecy that was spoken over us. And some other people came and kept telling us, hey, you're supposed to be on a tour. And we're like, no, we're not tour people. Like, we don't, we don't have an RV. We don't have any money. We don't know where we're going. That sounds crazy. Well, it, it got so frequent that we knew we had to do something or we're going to be disobedient. So we started talking about it, started talking about it with others. And, you know, what would this look like? Where would we go? What would be the name of it? What's our mission? And, you know, j just like when Banners for Freedom started, Jamie said, hey, look right here, Psalms 20, verse 5. And in the name of our God, we will raise our banners. It's like, that's what we're doing. Marching forward is the army of the Lord. She always pulls up all the scriptures, right? God gives her the, the, the scriptures. She comes to me and she goes, look right here, Genesis 45, 7. And God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant here on earth to save your lives by a great deliverance. Right? God only uses a remnant. He doesn't need everybody. He just wants a remnant. And he has always used that. And so... Revolution means uh, a change in power in a relatively short period of time, right? God's in that kind of business too, isn't he, yeah. right? And he uses the remnant to do that. So we're like, ah, remnant revolution. There we go. So what are we going to do, <laughs> right? And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up here and hand it back to you, Rod, Pastor Rod. Um, you know, we've been traveling around the U.S., speaking at conferences now. Now we've spoken at almost every reawaken conference. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Uh, for someone who has a studying problem and anxiety and you know, doesn't do public speaking, God's like, oh, you're getting up there and you're talking to thousands of people. Okay. It's like, man, didn't I deliver you from that? And I go, okay, yeah, but still, I mean, it's crazy. Um, there wasn't that time of fellowship and interaction, right? We go up and we speak and then we leave. And we wanted to create opportunities where we can gather together we can get to know one another. We can share testimonies. And we can encourage one another, right? Uh, you know, what, what, what this is about is 
not so much going out, you know, people use that term sheep, you know, and all, all that. It, it, I, think, I think this is more about awakening the lions at this point. Because the people that are showing up to these things are hungry and they're already awake and they're ready to do something. They just need that, 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 that encouragement, that testimony, that conversation. So we're, we're going out there and, we're, and, and we don't know what it's ever going to look like. We have no idea. We don't know who's going to show up. We put it out there. We show up at a restaurant one night or we show up at a bowling alley or a rodeo or a pavilion. And God always sends the right people. And it's been absolutely incredible. Uh, we, we've had several baptisms. We baptized six in Bloomington, Illinois, uh, baptized another lady in Idaho Falls. Um, all amazing testimonies. Uh, we baptized what three, three other in uh, four other in uh, what was past Idaho Falls, uh, Eagle, Idaho. And then last night, we baptized four more right up here in Bend, Oregon. And we had no idea. They just showed up, and they're like, we heard you're doing baptisms. Like, we're getting phone calls from all over the U.S. right now. Hey, will you come baptize us? I'm like, you're in Florida. Like, I, that's that part of the tour. But, I mean, if I can get there, I, I, people are hungry. And it's, it's, it's so amazing. A 90-year-old man showed up yesterday, never been baptized. He said, I've heard a lot of people teach on salvation. But for some reason, this is nothing about me, but he just said, for some reason, when I heard you talk about it, it resonated with me, and I knew I needed to do it. <laughs> that, that's the spirit of the Lord that was drawing him. 90 years old. It was amazing. And just a couple days before, I baptized a 7-year-old boy who, and I'll just share this real quick and hand it back to you. The, the parents, they heard about it on the And We Know show. Have any And We Know fans here? And We Know? Yeah, wonderful, wonderful program. Good Christian Marine. Says a prayer at the end of every one of his videos. Uh, the parents were talking about, they're like, hey, you know, I wonder if we, we should go to this, this event we saw on the And We Know show, and they're going to be doing this and that and baptisms. And the boy heard that they were going to do baptisms, and they, he said, Mom, we're doing baptisms. I want to get baptized. They're like, what? Okay. All right. And they kind of just left it alone the next day. Um, they're like, okay, yeah, I think we're going to be heading out to this, this event. And he goes, hey, that's the one they're doing baptisms, right? They're like, yeah. He goes, well, I want to put my old man away, and I want to become a new man today. Yeah. Seven years old, right? So we baptized him. And we're, we're going to be doing that again this Tuesday. Amen. This Tuesday down at the park, gentlemen talked about, if you go to remnantrevolutiontour.com, click on events, go down to Grants Pass, there's a flyer there. And it, it has the time, 5 to 9, has the location, has a map, also has an RSVP. If you could RSVP, that way we can get a head count so we know how much food to bring, all right, because we're going we're gonna to bring food out to this. But it's just amazing what God's doing in this hour, and we're so honored to be a part of it, and we're, we're, we're honored to be friends with Rod and Suzanne, the way he's brought us together. There's, there's so much more of that testimony. We actually launched the tour out of your, out of your tent, which was incredible, and that's a whole other testimony. But thank you, and thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. Amen. Come on, let's make some noise in the house for Jesus. Can you worship him for about 10 seconds if you really love him? If you really, really love him, come on, let's give it up for Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We honor you. We lift you up. Tonight is all about you, God. It's all about you. Father, we just hunger and thirst for your presence. It's all about your presence, Father. 
It's only you that move on the hearts of men. It's not about a man. It's not about a tour. It's not about any of that. It's about you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. We know that you're here. We know that you dwell here. You've been hanging out with us all day, Lord. We're not in a hurry. We just want more of you. We submit ourselves to you, Father. We surrender ourselves to you. Take us to new levels tonight. New levels in many areas. New levels of understanding. New revelation. I speak revelation, I speak application, and I speak transformation. In Jesus' mighty name, I prophesy that over each and every heart, each and every person that's listening. I thank you, Father, for the ministry, the five-fold ministry tonight. I thank you, Father, for your love and your grace and your mercy. Your word says that your mercy is new and fresh every morning. So, Father, we put that mercy on. We put that grace on. We receive it, Father. We receive your love. The ministry of deliverance and healing is a ministry of love because it's all about Jesus. And so, Lord, we just love you tonight. We thank you, Father, that, that you're just wrapping your loving arms around us tonight. And we want more of you. We want more of you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. I'm ready to dig in. You ready to dive into the word tonight a little bit? I'm going to speak to you tonight. Who brought their Bibles? Can I see them? Can you wave them at me? We're going to do a little bit of Bible reading, not a whole great lot, but we're going to chat a little bit about deliverance. I'm going to teach a little bit. I might preach a little bit. might prophesy a little bit. Is that okay? Tonight, this is the title of my message. I said it a little bit this morning, but deliverance is the children's bread. I said deliverance is the children's bread. How many, how many people would, would, would uh, classify or identify themselves as a child of God up in here? All right, I got the right sermon for the right group of people. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 4, 17. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty them that are bruised. To set liberty to them that are bruised. I don't know about you, but I've had some bruises and some nicks and scrapes and some scars and some stuff in my life and some baggage. How about you? Can we just get real tonight? Can we be transparent tonight? It's all about transparency. It's all about being real, raw, and relevant. That's all I know how to be, so I hope you you can get into that. 
the Great Commission. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. Everybody say shall. doesn't say might, does it? It says it shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. That's the other side of the coin. That's the true, that's the real gospel. These signs will accompany, this is, I'm going to, Mark 16, I quote it a lot. I come up in here to change a buck wild culture. Amen. It's time for us to come together and start changing culture. You know what? Jesus hung out with sinners. He hung out with all kinds of people, but they didn't change him. He changed culture. That's what we're called to do. How many Jesus followers do we truly have up in here? We're, we're, we are, yes, we are called. We are called for such a time as this to change culture, like my brother Robert was talking about. The world is anxiously waiting. The world is waiting for us to engage, waiting for the remnant revolution. It comes around. People are, I can't believe I'm floored every Saturday night, guys, because it has nothing to do with me. It's just our obedience, how people are showing up organically under a tent in rural Texas and 150 degree. People are hungry. They're not hungry for just box church and church as usual. They're truly hungry for a move and the demonstration of the power of God. And I got to give it. Robert said it perfectly. We're going tonight. I'm going to do a little. We're going to brag on Jesus. That's that's what the whole first segment of this is about. I think we ought to make a T-shirt that says "Brag on Jesus." Amen. I've got some T-shirt ideas. We need to be putting some T-shirts out. If somebody steals my idea, just, just send me a T-shirt. <laughs> my Bible says in Mark 16, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They will speak with other tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Come on, somebody. It didn't say it might. How many believers do we have in the house? These signs shall follow those who believe. You can put your name right there. You don't have to have a pastor in front of your name. You don't have to have doctor. You don't have to have any of that. If, you, if you're a believer, we're supposed to be casting out demons. And I think it's interesting. How many believe that God is a God of order? He's a God of order. He's a loving father. He's here in the house tonight. But he is a God of order. I find it very interesting that he says, first, you shall cast out demons in my name. And in my name, you shall speak in other tongues. We got the tongues thing down. You know, the Pentecostals, boy, they can talk in tongues. They can run the aisles. They can do all that. But you look at all the di different denominations. We weren't, we're not going to throw rocks at any denomination tonight. But who is casting out demons? He said to do that first. He said, make that a priority. You shall cast out demons in my name. You shall speak in other tongues. The reason this country is buck wild and jacked up is because we've been out of order. The body of Christ, the ecclesia, we have not got it right. But now it's time to get it right. Amen. That's why, that's why uh, theaters, movie theaters, public theaters were full, and it broke out across America. Anybody watch the Grammys this year? Remember that devil dancing around in a, in, a, in a devilish outfit? 
while the Grammys were, were doing that, revival was breaking out all over in colleges all over America. This next generation is hungry for a move of God. Come on, somebody. And it's up to us to help usher that in. We're going to do it at parks. We're going to do it at rodeos. We're going to do it in tents. We're going to do it anywhere. Anywhere. Who will join us? The Great Commission, like I said this morning, should be called the Great Compassion. Come on, somebody. Do you agree with that? According to what Jesus said, if you're a believer, you should be casting out demons, right? That's what the believers do. We cast out demons. It's not taboo. It's not weird. It really is. If you, if you really believe the Bible, why do we have a problem, Pastor, with the Bible breaking out in our altars? Why is there a problem with that? I can tell you what, what the problem is with it. I get a little fired up talking about it. I love church, and I love pastors, and I love the Word of God. And it should be commonplace for the Bible to break out. When a demon screeches out, we should be celebrating. Come on, somebody. That's a, that's a time of celebration. Somebody's just got free. They just got broke free of some bondage. It's not weird. It's weird if you don't do it. Really, I'm, I'm serious. It, it, it should be weird if you're not doing that. Let me tell you what, the reason it's not done is because you can only serve two, you can't serve two kingdoms, right? Everybody in here believes there's, there's, there's two kingdoms. There's a, the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of the enemy, right? If, that's, if, this is, if this Bible's not breaking out in your altars, what kingdom are you building? I challenge that. I challenge pastors all over the nation. I'm going to continue to do that because there is no gray area. We cannot choose. We cannot pick. We've got to pick one or the other. I'm telling you, what, some of you may be sitting here, you know what, you get a little excited, man, you're passionate. You know, I don't have a dog in this fight. That's a lie of the enemy. That is a lie of the enemy. You do have a dog in this fight. You've got to pick one side or you've got to pick the other. Not picking a side, you pick the side. There is no gray area in the kingdom of God. You can't be a fence surfer like I was for so many years. I knew how to ride that fence. I knew how to act one way in church. I couldn't get out of the parking lot and I'm raging because somebody pulled out in front of me and I'm telling them they're number one. Come on. How many can relate? We're in church. Be honest in church. All right. We got, all right. <laughs> Believers are supposed to do what? Cast out demons. Come on, we can be interactive. I'll preach better. I'll preach faster. I promise. We'll get you. Notice also it was the very first thing he addressed, like I said, in what has been called the Great Commission. While it is indeed the Great Commission to, to, the, to all the church, regardless of denomination, affiliation, or creed, right? Yet it's the most disobeyed command Jesus ever gave. It's the most disobeyed command Jesus ever gave. The number five in the Bible symbolizes grace, and we all love the grace, right? We all love grace. I love it. I need it. I need it every day. The number five always symbolizes grace or another connotation of the Greek word charis. And we talked about that this morning, right? Which is giftings. It is no accident or coincidence that the Great Commission consists of five tenets, all of which delineate supernatural acts that believers are called. Everybody say called and commissioned to perform throughout the power, with the, through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many people have the power of the Holy Spirit? 
working in your life. We've got to be led by the Holy Spirit, walk by the Holy Spirit, live by the Holy Spirit. If we're doing that and we say we do that, how many of you in here are casting out demons? They're everywhere. I don't know about you, but I see them everywhere. I'll go into Walmart and i got people glaring at me. Remember them masks of how people would glare at you behind a mask? I want you to know I never wore a mask, not one day. I live a socially distanced lifestyle anyway. We live out in the country on a ranch. I'd go into these places. They'd be, sir, you, got, you must wear your mask. You must wear your mask. We had the mask police, you know, in there. We got one over here. They'd talk in their hand. We got one over here. I don't know how many places I kicked myself out of <laughs> during the whole pandemic that we had. What a joke. I said, look, I won't make fun of you for wearing one. Just don't give me static for wearing one. Right? Works both ways. Jesus gave the great commission to the church to be obeyed. To be obeyed. Yet it is so ignored and disobeyed by churches that it's been called the great omission. Watch this. It's, it was not given merely to leaders of the church, right? But believers of the church. Come on. Believers. Everybody in here raised their hand that you're a believer. Any believer who is not performing these tenets of the Great Commission is at the very minimum a disobedient believer. I didn't come in here to spank you tonight, but I, the Holy Spirit wants to convict us. He wants to get our attention tonight. He wants some of us to leave out of here with a light bulb moment. You know, revelation's not revelation until it's revelation to you. I'll say that again. It's not revelation. I've read a lot of these scriptures many, many times. I'm sure pastor has too. You know what? But revelation's not revelation until it's revelation to us. If we don't activate the revelation, what are we doing? We're spinning our wheels. I know you guys have a lot of better things to do than just hang out and spin your wheels in church and then go do nothing. We can go see movies like Sound of Freedom. And we leave out of there and we get mad inside the movie. We cry. We feel the pain of those people. And we're like, oh, I cannot believe this is happening. Did you know that in America, the great, used to be great, greatest country in the world, we're no longer the greatest country in the world. I'll tell you that right now. We're the number one consumer of human trafficking in the world. We got to do something about it, people. We got to go cast out demons. You know, we can't get we can't get free. We're never going to be a free people in the natural until we get free in the in the supernatural. Amen. We got to get free in the spiritually. We got to get people truly free, even those who call themselves Christians. There's been a big, big to do about how can it help the, all these Christians saying, "Well, Christians can't be you know you know possessed by by demons." You know what? And I will agree that it was the, the translation was done wrong. When it was, when it was translated, it, the word possession should have never been put there. When you go back and you peel it back and you look at, the, at, the, at, the, at, the, uh, at all the history, it should never have been translated possession. It should have been translated demonized. How many of you believe that a, true, that a Christian can be demonized and oppressed by demons? If you leave open doors to repetitive cycles of sin in your life, you got company. And I love you. We all have them. You know what? I've had to go through deliverance. And every time, it seems like every time I lead people through deliverance, I go through different layers of deliverance even myself. The more delivered we get, the more free we get, the more free we want to get. We go, ooh, I got some stuff. That, oh, I got to get. 
Bible says don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. It says pray without ceasing. All those scriptures, Pastor, are really starting to make sense, especially in the day and time that we live in. Christians are, are, are just ate up with fear. Sorry for spitting on you, bro. I get a little excited. I saw a thing go. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling pretty comfortable here, y'all. So it's Any believer who is not performing these tenets of the Great Commission at the very minimum is a disobedient believer. My personal feeling and interpretation is that anyone who is not performing these acts is not a believer at all. For Jesus said, this is what believers do. Do what I do. How many of you seen the whole wristband? These, what would Jesus do? You know what? That's not enough, bro. Not what Jesus would do. What did he do? We know Jesus would always make the right choice. He never made a mistake. He's perfect. He can't mess up. He can't lie. He would always do the right thing. What did he do in his life? The Bible teaches us that two-thirds of his ministry was going about setting the captives free. Because we need it. We all need it. Amen? Do you believe that? Operating in these gifts and acts is what defines a believer, truly. And at the very least, believers who do not obey this great commission are unbelieving believers. That's an oxymoron, right? But that's kind of the world we live in right now. I'm an unbelieving believer. Bless God, hallelujah. Let's go eat. Us Christians, if we ain't eating, we're not meeting, right? <laughs> I can always get a meeting. I say, hey, we're going to go over to eat, bro. Can we come over and eat? Everybody, hurt, everybody perked up when you heard barbecues. I'm going. Because we know about some Texas barbecue up where I live. We can do some barbecue. Come on. <laughs> See? If we're not eating, we're not meeting. She's already. She's like, what's the men? What's on the menu? <laughs> Is there a such thing as an unbelieving believer? I don't know. It's just I kind of think kind of weird. I got issues. But the sad truth is. There is a such thing. Faith without works is dead. It's not enough to be the hearer of, of the word. The Bible says that we're supposed to be doers of the word. So when we read this, we got to go get activated. My, this trip is all about starting a fire, lighting a fire up in some of us so that we can become combustible. We need to become contagious. Amen? Hmm. I'm fixing to make a huge statement. So-called Christians, pastors, and leaders who do not believe, who speak and teach against, and do not flow in the ministry of deliverance is a form of satanic Christianity. That's right, I said it. I need to get a shirt that says, that's right, I said it, hashtag. <laughs> Brag on Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of meat on that bone. I'm going to throw that T-bone out there, and I want you to check it out. There's going to be a book that I'm writing about satanic Christianity because I believe that a lot of our pastors, a lot of our churches are pastored right now by Satan himself. He has no problem with you worshiping. He has no problem with people talking about God. 
He knows scriptures. He knows he's real. You start talking about Jesus. You start talking about the blood of Jesus, people start getting real uncomfortable. Signs, miracles, wonders start breaking out. People start screaming, ah! Getting free, addictions begin to fall off. I don't know. I had a stuttering problem as well. I had a drug issue as well. You know that when, my, when, when the Holy Spirit delivered me from drugs, I never wanted it anymore. I tried to do them, and they made me sick. I could smell them, and I would get sick. When the Holy Spirit does a thing, he does a beautiful thing. Hmm. There's a lot of meat on that bone. We're going to chew on that. That's another sermon for another day. Listen, these works of the Great Commission are works of the believer. Come on, somebody. James said, no one is saved by their works, but believers that demonstrate their faith by their, or by their works. Believers demonstrate their faith by their works. The so-called 11th commandment or Jesus' commandment is love, to love one another as he loved us. Man, what a concept. To love each other. If we could just love our neighbors. Man, we could change America. We the people could change this country. We could change this world. If we would just love our neighbors. Why don't we, a lot of us don't love our neighbors. We don't even know our neighbors. And the reason we can't love our neighbors is because we don't love ourselves. I don't know about you, but I, for many years, I saw a major, I'd look in the mirror, I'd see a messed up, addicted, all, I, had, I had issues. I told you a little bit about that this morning. Mm, Jesus said that if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. Do we really love him? Do we really love him? Or is it just... Blah, 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 blah. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who demonstrated the ultimate love by performing the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> Laying down his life in obedience is the only command that God gave him. And when he sent him to earth to become our redeemer, amen? Listen, the father, he had the father he gave him a commandment that he could lay down his life. He could never, he could have never died for the sins of the world without the ultimate love, without walking in that, flowing in that ultimate love, right? Someone has calculated that two-thirds of his, his Jesus' fleshly ministry is as recorded in the gospel consisted of casting out demons. Come on, somebody. Why don't we do that? Why don't we preach that? Why don't we demonstrate that? You don't have to answer that question. John revealed that the primary purpose of the manifestation of the firstborn son of God on this earth, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's 1 John 3.8. You can look at that and read it. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Indeed, every time Jesus cast out a devil or a multitude of devils or healed someone or raised the dead, come on somebody, he was destroying the works of the devil. And we're called to do the same thing. For ultimately, it's the devil's works that is behind all disease, disorders, and conditions. Did you know that when you humble yourself before the Lord and you walk in a place of humility, in a posture of humility, there's not one demon safe? You don't have to be afraid of demons. They're nothing, they're nothing for God. 
You don't have to fear deliverance. You need to fear if you're not doing it because he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Peter, speaking by the Spirit concerning the things which took place throughout all Judea, starting in Galilee and after the baptism which John proclaimed repentance, right? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Come on, somebody. We talked about that power this morning. The Holy Spirit and power. I want to walk in his power. I want to see his power demonstrated. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. That's Acts 10.38. Notice that in every case where healing took place throughout the ministry of Jesus, it was the devil who was causing the oppression, which stands to reason in so many ways in healing those who are oppressed by the devil. Jesus was doing good and undoing and destroying the works of the enemy. That's the kingdom. I know you, Pastor, you love about you love talking about and preaching about the kingdom, and I do too. That's what we should preach. I have a real problem with a lot of these pastors and preachers go, I don't know what I'm gonna preach. I'm really struggling with what to preach. Preach the kingdom. That's what Jesus said to do. Go out and preach the kingdom. What does that mean? That's kind of a blanket statement, right? What does that mean? We are the kingdom. We're to walk it out. We're to walk out the ministry of Jesus. That's what, what, that's, what, that's what living out, living out kingdom life, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? When you said yes to Jesus and you invited him in your life, we're to go execute the kingdom. Amen? We're supposed to activate the kingdom. Be the kingdom. Go be. You don't have to worry about doing a whole lot. Just go, go be. Go do what Jesus did. Amen? I'm fixing to land this plane, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit work. When Jesus, called, when Jesus called and commissioned the original apostles, he sent them out two by two. Stay with me. Just a couple more minutes. Before the cross, there was salvation, right? That's what happened on the cross. And before the outpouring of the Spirit in the form of baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's the power, he empowered them with a twofold commandment to cast out demons and heal the sick. To cast out demons and heal the sick. I was telling pastor this morning that there's no such thing as deliverance ministry in the, in the Bible. It's healing and deliverance. When Jesus would do it, one side of the coin, if you could picture it as a coin, one side is healing. If somebody needed to be healed, he healed them. He healed the sick. If somebody needed to be delivered, he cast out demons. Amen? And then once we cast out demons, not everything's a demon. You don't have to keep coming up. I don't think Jesus needs a bunch of repeat customers. Once you come up here and you get free, right? Once you come up and you get free, he either delivers you or he don't. It's either real or it's not. And the devil will lie to you and say, oh, that's not real. You didn't really, that didn't really happen. That's a lie of the enemy. Don't you even, don't you buy it for one second. He'll try it before you ever leave this house. Don't buy that lie. The very fact that the disciples were empowered to do both, cast out demons and heal the sick before they were even saved and before they were even baptized, were baptized in the Holy Spirit is a fact that we, we really mess up your, pre, it really messes you up your preconceived doctrines and dogmas, doesn't it? We've been pre-programmed to believe all this garbage 
of what the kingdom's supposed to look like and how we're supposed to walk life out. Watch this. It also demonstrates the efficiency of Jesus and his authority on earth. For it was solely on the basis of Jesus' authority that the disciples were able indeed to do what Jesus sent them to forth to do, heal the sick and to cast out demons. Okay, with that being so, how much more authority as do believers after the cross and after Pentecost and after the Holy Spirit, how much more authority do you have? I told you guys this morning that you have authority to do whatever you need to do in the kingdom. A lot of us don't even understand it. We don't even understand that we have authority, much less walk in authority. I'm here to come. I come on assignment to tell you, you have authority in Jesus Christ. You have authority in the Holy Spirit. That'd be like me buying you a Rolls Royce and giving you the keys, but you never would, you never receive it. You never turn, you never put it on the, in the in, never put the key in the ignition and drive it. How much more valuable is the Holy Spirit than a Rolls Royce? Right? We gotta we gotta understand what we have in Christ. It blows me away. I can't I, I don't understand it sometimes. I don't understand all of it. But I believe it. The word says it, that settles it. We don't need to debate about it. If the word says it, I believe it, that settles it. That's where we need to get. Amen. Yet the vast majority of believers on the planet have no idea that this authority, this authority is even available to them. And therefore, they're not operating in it to do their part in destroying the works of the devil. Come on, somebody. I'm going to close with this question. Who is ready to destroy the devil up in here tonight? I know you didn't just come for a regular church service tonight. We come to set the captives free. Amen? I came to serve notice on him tonight. I come to serve notice on him tonight that we're going to run his tail out of southern Oregon. Amen? We're going to see chains fall in this place tonight. How many are into, into that? Could someone, could the band come up and let's, let's get, I'm, I'm, it's all about he inhabits the praises of his people. And these guys do such a great job. Brother Greg, I'd love for us to do that song, Nothing Else. It's all about his presence. I'm ready to destroy and see the, the, the works of the, of the enemy destroyed. Amen. I want you to write these down if, you got, if you've taken notes. If not, maybe you could watch this later. There's five roadblocks. Five roadblocks to deliverance. Five roadblocks to deliverance. Number one, unsaved. Being unsaved. Some of you may have walked the aisle at one point and, 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 and said the sinner's prayer, raised your hand, checked a box. Once saved, always saved is a lie. And find the sinner's prayer for me in the Bible somewhere, somebody. That's a man-made prayer led by a man-made denomination. Somebody asked me the other day, what, that, that church revival that you got going on out there, what, what denomination are you? I say, I'm the same denomination Jesus was. Amen? I'm the same denomination Jesus was. So some of you may be walking around, what am I trying to say? What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm not saved. You know what? I don't make that, de that determination. Only he, he, he judges the motive of your heart. So I'll, I'll just say this. If there hasn't been a heart change, you know, we say, we have bumper stickers that say Jesus is Lord. Is he Lord in your life? Is he the Lord of your checkbook? 
I could. I bet you if I pulled your wife aside and said, you know, is, is Jesus Lord in this man's life? Is he truly Lord? Because anything that you put before him, it's called an idol. He'll have no idol before him. He'll have nothing before him. He's got to be, he's, he's kind of he's selfish. He wants to be first place in your life. So maybe back in the day you raised your hand. Maybe you walked an aisle. Maybe you did that. There's going to be an opportunity for you tonight to rededicate your life and truly mean what you prayed. We're not going to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed. You know what? No. He said, if you don't confess me in front of man, I won't confess you in front of my father. I want everybody looking around. We're going to be loud and proud and say, you know what? I'm going to confess Jesus as Lord tonight. I'm going to be proud. I'm going to stand for Jesus. And once and for all, I'm going to live my life and make him Lord of my life. If we truly ask him into our life, it should really change our life. That's the first roadblock. Are we truly saved? Have we made him Lord? Have we put him first place in our life? Is he a priority? Or is church just a box that you check off to make yourself feel good? Or to appease your spouse? Number two, unbroken curses and soul ties. You may have repented for some of the craziness back in the day of you being with so-and-so and being with so-and-so at the club and the one-night stands and the this and the that's, whatever. But tonight, we're going we're gonna to call back. We're going to break some soul ties. And we're going to, every time that you were with someone, whether you wanted to be or whether you didn't, maybe you're sitting here tonight and you were violated as a young child. Maybe you were molested. Maybe you were raped. It's not what you wanted. But we're going we're gonna to forgive. We're going to call ourselves back. Because every time we've ever been with someone or every time we, whether we wanted to or whether we didn't, your body and your soul were, is fragmented. There's stuff all out. We're going to call ourselves back to wholeness. Amen? Back to wholeness. I want us to leave out of this place whole and healthy. I love you, and I want to love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not going to come up in here and tickle your ears, like I said this morning, and give you this sugar-coated, tickle-me-omo gospel. We don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right? We're not up in here playing games and going through exercises. We got work to do, guys. We got work to do. Some of you have prodigals that you're praying for. They're not going to get right until you get right. You can't lead your family a place you've never been, sir, ma'am. So unbroken curses and soul ties is number two. Unbelief. Unbelief. That's the third roadblock. Fourth roadblock is unforgiveness. Forgiveness is the number one key for deliverance. I hope you can remember that. If you haven't remembered anything else I've said, if you truly are seeking freedom and liberty, deliverance is the number one key. We've got to, deliver, we've got to, we've got to forgive those who've hurt us, who've wounded us. The biggest one is forgiving yourself. That's the hardest one. That was the hardest one for me, to be honest with you. I can forgive everybody else. I was even preaching about it, Pastor, about how we're supposed to 
love our neighbor and forgive them and do all that. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even forgive myself. When I was in the world, I did some terrible, terrible things. I went hard for, for the enemy. I did some things I'm not proud of. And I had such a hard time truly forgiving myself. And I was sitting in my deer blind. I, I refer to it as the Holy of Holies. <laughs> if you can't feel Jesus in a, in a deer blind in the wilderness, in the beautiful creation, you can't feel him. I feel sorry for you if you can't feel him in a deer blind. He said to me so beautifully, Pastor, he said, oh, so you think you're better than me. You can forgive all these people and you can preach about it and you can talk about it, but you can't forgive yourself. I'm not going to go into the terrible things I did, but if you could think of the worst things that you could possibly do, I did them. There's probably not a drug I haven't done. There's probably not a sin I haven't committed. I'm not standing up in here and acting like I'm, I've never been there. I've been there. I'm nothing special. The only thing good in me is the Jesus that lives inside of me. People say, oh, just trust my heart. Trust my heart. Now, the Bible says we can't trust our heart. It's wickedly. It's terribly wicked above all else. Who could trust it? We've got to get it in our head first. And once we, our minds are transformed, what's going on in between our ears, once we get it in our minds first, it'll go about 14, 16 inches to your heart and it'll begin to change your heart. Amen? That was the fourth roadblock is unforgiveness. Number five, roadblock for deliverance. It's the unwillingness to repent. For some reason, our society and our Western culture, even in church, oh, repentance, we just kind of don't like that. It doesn't feel too good. I'll say this right now. Halfway repentance, halfway deliverance. Incomplete repentance, incomplete deliverance. You can't get fully delivered without full repentance. You can't get fully delivered if you're holding resentment, unforgiveness for yourself or others. If you're crying with your tears of your tear ducts and your heart's not crying, that's not true repentance. Father, help us to be quick to repent. Father, convict our hearts of things that we might have even forgot or just pressed down that we're not even willing. We've never been willing to deal with some of these things. I want you to know you're in a safe place tonight. I want you to, how many are truly ready to shift? We're fixing it. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. He's, he's been here. He's, how many people are ready to transition into deliverance? I feel that we're going to transition into that tonight. With a show of hands, how many are ready to lose your dignity and pride tonight? <laughs> I'm not going to beg you to come down here for deliverance. Matter of fact, I'm going to do this the opposite. I'm going to say, if you're not ready to turn from your sin, don't come down here and get in the deliverance line. 
I'm going to do you a favor because the Bible says that if you still have open doors of sin in your life, those demons will come back seven times more wicked. I don't want that for your life. This is not about an emotional experience. This is not about spectator sport. This is about truly getting free and being launched into your purpose and your destiny. If I'm in chains, I can never come any further than this right here. That's why some of you can't ever get off of high center is because we, even as leaders, we're chained up. We can only go so far. What are they going to do? What's my congregation? What's so-and-so going to think? You know what? Like I said this morning, I got delivered of the disease to please. I love to please people. I was a major people pleaser. I'll be honest with you and transparent. I want you to love me. I love you. I want you to like me. But I don't care if you do. I quit. I, I've gotten delivered from that. I hope you do. I pray that you do. But I don't care if you do. I just care if he does. Amen? All I care is about what he thinks. You didn't die and bleed out on the cross for me. I want you to have an audience of one tonight. Don't leave out of here in bondage of any kind. That would be a travesty. Jesus is in the house. Any sin that you've ever committed is not too big for him. He's not afraid of your sin. Did you know you could be right in the middle? Whoa. Help me, Jesus. I want you to know that you can be right in the middle of your sin. And you can crawl right up in his lap. And he'll love you. Am I saying that he's going to wink at your sin? Does that mean that I can just sin and do whatever I want and act a fool? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, right in the middle of your sin, right in the middle of your junk, you can, you can always, he's your refuge. He's your strong tower. The, minister of, the ministry of deliverance is the ministry of love. It takes time. I don't just come up here and say, God bless you, and pray from the stage and do that number. No, no, no. It takes some time. It it's the ministry of love, compassion. It takes compassion. How many are ready for that tonight? Amen. You're not here by accident tonight. God will deliver you from your enemies. I want you to hear me. God will deliver you from your enemies. He won't deliver you from your friends. You hear what I said? He'll deliver you from your enemies. He's not going to deliver you from your friends. That's your job. Some of you need to cut some people out of your life. Some people keep dragging you back. Back into repetitive cycles of sin. Issues. It's your responsibility to, 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 to cut some people out of your life that need to be cut out. I'm not saying hate on them. I'm saying keep them at a distance and pray for them and love them. We're to love everyone. I don't hate on the alphabet community. I love them, but I love them enough to tell them the truth. Amen? But we got to draw some lines, some healthy lines as the body of Christ, as the ecclesia. You start sexualizing kids, that's where I draw the line. 
Can't have drag queens in fishnets and high heel shoes with lipstick on coming in and wanting to read to my kids. No, we're Christians. We're the ecclesia. We'll read the Bible to our kids. Thank you very much. But can we love them? We can love them right to the kingdom. And tonight, I want to tell you tonight, we accept everyone just like you are. I know this brother. I haven't known him very long, but I know this house is a loving house. It's a house of freedom. It's a house of love. It's a house of prayer. We'll accept you just like you are. But you know what? We, we love you too much to leave you that way. That's the way Jesus is. We love you too much to leave you that way. You must hate demons and count them as your enemies. You must hate them. That's one thing to be, it's okay to hate. That's demons. The devil. I hate the devil. I come up here, I'm a long way from home, to come up here and fight some devils. Amen? And to take some ground. You know what? We're supposed to occupy till he comes. We're supposed to take ground. We're supposed to take dominion and authority. Amen? You can't coddle or negotiate with demons. We don't, we don't negotiate with them. There's a lot of people that just all this hype and stuff like that, that around deliverance ministry right now, like it's some big movement or something. No, they talk to demons back and forth. You know what? Jesus didn't talk to them much. He didn't converse with them much, Pastor. He cast them out. We don't hang out and coddle de demons. We kick their tail out of our lives. We run them out. We cast them out. We drive them out. Amen? We cast them back to the pit to where they came from, back to hell. You don't have to be nervous. This is a little teaching tonight. A lot of people think, well, that's kind of weird. You know, where do these demons go? They ain't going to jump on you. You know why? Because a responsible deliverance minister, he's going to cast them out and back to hell. Never to return. They're going to go back to hell defeated with their tail between their legs because their assignment got canceled. They have no power. But you do. But you do. I'm going to read a little prayer for us. I'm going to read it, but if you could just pray this with me. It's a prayer of authority. It's a little handbook I like to do. Going to do some renunciations. How many are ready to get free of some stuff that you've been dealing with for years, decades, generational stuff that you didn't even know about in your life, in your family? In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against every demonic spirit that is in resistance and rebellion to the deliverance ministry. I command them to be bound and rendered powerless. Any spirit trying to withstand, distract, ridicule, or cast doubt or hinder my freedom in Christ must obey the authority of the name of Jesus and leave me immediately. Satan, I resist you in Jesus' name. And I am closing any doors which I, which I or my ancestors may have opened to you and your demons. I renounce Satan and all his demons. I declare them to be my enemies and I want them out of my life completely. I am now claiming deliverance from any and all evil spirits which may be in me or around me. Once and for all, I close the door in my life to all occult practices 
And I command all connected and related spirits to leave me now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone who agrees with that prayer, say amen. Now, if you would, stand to your feet. We're going to do some things we call renunciations. And you can say that right from your chair. And then what we're going to do is we're going to have a time. We'll open this altar. This altar, I will say, is open at any time. If you feel like you just want to come up to this altar and make things right with Jesus, it's open. Come get right with Jesus. If you're not 100% right, get right. I renounce, everybody say after me, I renounce all lust, all perversion, all immorality, all uncleanliness, impurity, adultery, fornication, pornography, and all sexual sin in Jesus' name. I renounce every form of witchcraft, all sorcery, all divination, all occult involvement, known or unknown, in the name of Jesus. I renounce any affiliation with the Catholic Church and its idolatry. I refuse to just justify paganism. I release myself and my family in Jesus' name from any generational curse that I've received from any and all false religions. I renounce any connection, known or unknown, that I may have to the Masonic Lodge. Any secret society oath made by me or any ancestors rendered powerless right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I lift every curse of sickness and every demon that has resulted from the evil of Freemasonry in Jesus' name. This evil power is broken and cannot continue to attack me in my life. I renounce any false promise, oath, and obligation in connection with to any fraternity or sorority. I release myself from its power right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I renounce every ungodly soul tie an immoral relationship. I repent and I ask forgiveness for any sexual immorality in my past or in my present. I break all generational curses, spoken and unspoken, on both sides of my family, going back 10 generations in Jesus' mighty name. I renounce all hatred, all anger, all resentment, all revenge, all retaliation, all unforgiveness, and all bitterness in the name of Jesus. I renounce any and all addiction to drugs and alcohol. I renounce pharmacia. I repent for any substance abuse legal or, Ill or illegal that I have allowed to keep myself bound. I rebuke and call forth the spirit of pharmacia 
in Jesus' mighty name. I renounce all pride, haughtiness, arrogance, vanity, ego, disobedience, and rebellion in the mighty name of Jesus. I renounce all envy, jealousy, covetedness in Jesus' name. This is a big one right here. I renounce all fear, unbelief, and doubt in the mighty name of Jesus. I renounce all selfishness, self-will, self-pity, self-rejection, self-harm, self-hatred, self-promotion in the mighty name of Jesus. I renounce all ungodly thought patterns and I cast down every imagination that is not in obedience to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release myself immediately from every evil inheritance that I've received from my father and from my mother. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you guys would, just raise your hands. When we raise our hands, it's a sign of surrender. Tonight, I want you to understand that surrender is your passcode. When we have to open up our computers, a lot of times, even our phones, we have to put a passcode in. I want you to know that tonight, surrender, your surrender, your true surrender. I want you to surrender parts of your heart that you've never surrendered to anyone. I want you to know this is a safe place. And the passcode to all access, to give in the Holy Spirit and all His power, access is your true surrender tonight. That is your access code. That's all of our access code. Holy Spirit's far from done in here tonight. I see Him doing beautiful things. He's walking the aisles. He's He's here. And he loves you so much. We're going to sing this song. It's called Nothing Else. Brother Greg's going to help me with it. I'm going to let him lead it out. And I want you to sing this from your heart. And I want you to continue to, to surrender yourself. And we're going to continue to do some renunciations. And I believe God's going to set some people free. I see that he's already doing it. Or I'm looking across this audience right now. And Holy Spirit's all over you.
in the house. Salvation's in the house. Healing is in the house.
nothing else. If you're seeking deliverance and freedom, liberty nothing come forward else. right now. Holy Spirit is here. There's an anointing for that right now. Don't miss out. Don't leave here the same way you came. Every spirit of rejection right now, I cast you back to the abyss where you came from. The spirit of rejection is a huge gate for the demonic to come in. Every spirit of shame right now, broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Every orphan spirit, spirit of rejection, out now. Out now. Out now. Up and out. All the way up and out. In Jesus' mighty name. Can I get some help right here, brother? Can you help me here? Out now in the mighty name of Jesus. Out now. I command you, every, every, every spirit, every unclean spirit, every spirit of shame, every spirit of guilt, every spirit of rejection right now, out in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, fire. Holy Spirit, fire. Holy Spirit, fire. Holy Spirit, fire now. From the top of her head to the very soles of her feet, every unclean spirit, spirit of shame right now, out, up and out now. Spirit of rejection, spirit of suicide, spirit of death, you gotta go. Up and out now. Every spirit of torment out of my sister right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Rivers of living water right now. Rivers of living water. Healing now in Jesus' name. Every emotional hurt. Every emotional wound. Oh, yes. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. There it is. Let it go. Healing now. Healing now. Healing now. now in the mighty name of Jesus. Spirit of torment and double-mindedness. Spirit of disbelief. Out now, up and out. Never to, never to torment her again. Never to return. sent me to tell you he's not he's not mad at you he's not mad at you he loves you he cares about every intimate detail that you're hurting he sees it nothing else can't hide from him anymore nothing else there's no need to crawl up in his lap right now and let him love you nothing else nothing else Spirit of lack, spirit of despair, out now in Jesus' mighty name. You're more than enough. The devil's been lying to you that you're not enough. That's a lie of the enemy. You're more than enough. You're more than a conqueror. Freedom now in Jesus' name. Liberty. Nothing you take your hands off this beautiful vessel. You lose her right presence. now. Every issue. I just Every hurt. Sit Healing right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Feet. Healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Caught up in this holy moment. 
Father, continue to break his heart for what breaks yours. Show yourself real to this young man tonight. I thank you, Father, for an uncommon anointing over him. Uncommon anointing. That he'll be an example to his generation. Spirit of death, I cancel your assignment. Spirit of addiction, out now in Jesus' mighty name. Up and out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Up and out, you must manifest. Up and out now. I command you, I'm not asking you. I'm using the authority through Christ Jesus. You have no authority, devil. Take your hands off. He belongs to Jesus. Say, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Say it like you mean it. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Say it again. Get mad at the devil. Tell him how much you hate him. Spirit of lack. Out now in Jesus' name. Spirit of an orphan. Out now. You belong. You're putting on the sonship of Jesus right now. He's your receive your inheritance. Receive your anointing. I thank you, Father. You're baptizing him with an anointing right now as we speak. A mantle. You have a mantle to your generation. Lift your hands and receive like a funnel. As a sign of surrender, I surrender. Lift them up. Loud and proud. Get them up. Devil, we rebuke you. Every unclean spirit right now, out now in Jesus' mighty name. Out, out, all the way up and all the way out.